Blog Talk Radio. Who are the unstoppable ones? Is it just that they can do it and I can't? Who are the unstoppable ones? Is it just that they can do it and I can't? Unstoppable. Mission Unstoppable. Mission Unstoppable. The Unstoppable Ones. You did say Unstoppable, right? You did say Unstoppable, right? What is it they know that I don't? Coach Frankie Picasso takes you on the Mission Unstoppable. Anyone stop these people? Wow, I doubt it. Well, good evening. I am the unstoppable Frankie Picasso, and you are about to go on another Mission Unstoppable. Tonight, we are going undercover to learn how talent, determination, and purpose collide to inspire the world and bring one singer in touch with his Midas touch. My guest this evening is talented singer-songwriter. He might say a humble folk singer who is, in my opinion, also a superhero on the side. He probably doesn't see himself this way, a man of special powers, but he is a champion for those who don't believe in what's possible. Theodore Reski, great American poet, said, what we need is more people who specialize in the impossible. And I'm happy to state that I'm no longer alone. So stay tuned, stay close, and we'll be back in just a moment. Today is Tuesday, August 11th. The time is 8 p.m. in Toronto, 7 in Chicago, and 5 in Los Angeles. I'd like to thank the good folks here at Blog Talk Radio for allowing me to broadcast over their network. And I'd especially like to thank you, all of you who tune in to me each and every week. My guest this evening is Justin Hines singer-songwriter whose newly released CD, Chasing Silver, in my opinion, has more hit songs on it than I can count on one hand. From a very early age, it said that Justin was enthralled with music. At the tender age of 14, Justin won a radio contest against hundreds of participants and had the privilege of singing the Canadian National Anthem at a Toronto Raptors basketball game in front of 17,000 people. So please welcome the fearless Justin Hines to Mission Unstoppable Radio. Good evening, Justin, and welcome. Thank you very much. How are you? I'm excellent. Thank you. And I'd just like to reach out to the chat room here and just say hi to the folks who are there right now. Um, Thank you for joining us. You know, Justin, I wanted to let you know that the very first time that I saw you was on television last New Year's Eve. Uh, when you sang it at the Clifton Hill New Year's party in Niagara Falls. And, and joining you on stage was Kim Mitchell and, and Roger Hodgson. Yeah. And I have to say that, that uh, the DK guitar man who's in the chat room here was with me, and we both sat stunned watching you. And I remember oh, we wow. turned to one another and said, who is this guy? And we sat there for a really long time waiting for them to say your name so yeah. that we could run upstairs and, and you know get on the computer and find out who you were and what you're all about and where we could get your music. Oh, cool. You you have this rare ability to hold an audience. It's a really special quality, and it has nothing to do with your disability and everything to do with charisma, your voice, your style. And I think what the French refer to is that uh, je ne sais quoi. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think it is? What do you think about you is is so enticing, so special? You know, it's a, it's a good question, and I think if I was um, able to answer it, I, I probably wouldn't be able to... Uh, to do what I do, I'd probably lose whatever it is the heck that you're talking about. So I'm actually kind of glad that I can't uh, can't necessarily identify it. I'm just kind of doing what I love to do and uh, trying to do it with a smile. So I think that's kind of where I'm coming from. I love that. I really do. You know, um, your CD, your new your new CD, the second one, Chasing Silver, was released on June the second, two thousand and nine. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and the hit single Say What You Will became the number one downloaded 
singer-songwriter track within 48 hours of releasing it online. Yeah. Wow. Very exciting. Very exciting. I mean, were you guys like jumping up and down in, in, in your house and just going, oh, my God, oh, my God, look at this. How exciting yeah, is you know this? what? Uh, the last, you know, the last few months especially, um, there's just been one sort of crazy, crazy thing after another, and it's just getting sort of hard to, to keep up and keep track, and it's just all very exciting, and certainly that was a, a pretty big milestone, and we're all very uh, very proud. I think we're kind of learning to, you know, appreciate the little victories um, as much as, you know, sort of the big things as well. So it's been a, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a wild ride. Wow. I'm going to play just a little bit of it, and I'm going to, I'm going to just um, pre- precurse that with that it's not my favorite song on the on the CD, although it's a great <laughs> song on the CD. <laughs> but I will let you know what my favorite one is in just a few minutes. So everybody, you have to hang in there if you want to know what Frankie's favorite one is. <laughs> just a second. Let's see. Say what you will. challenge 
No kidding. Yeah. So would you say that you're a great observer? Are you are you the chatterbox in the room or the guy who sits silently in the corner? Because I have a question here in the chat room. Like, where do you draw your inspiration for songwriting from? Well, those are two actually very kind of different and good questions. I think um, generally um, I pick my moments to to say, you know, certain things. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, tend to be sort of quiet for a while, and then the time is right, you know, and if I feel sort of confident what I'm saying, then I'll go ahead. But in terms of songwriting, I think um, I think if we're all sort of really paying attention, this just doesn't apply to songwriting, but if we're all sort of paying attention, I mean, life is never short of things to be inspired about, you know, both, mm-hmm. you know, good and bad, really. Um, there's just always something that, you know, can move us or, or challenge us or, or bring us joy or whatever. And I know certainly my life, I've just never been short of things um, to write about. And even if the experiences aren't necessarily my own, if it's somebody around me that's been through something interesting, it's it's sometimes fun to, you know, put yourself and try at least any, any way to put yourself in their shoes and write something from their perspective. And I do that quite often. And it's, um, it's good because it helps me sort of develop empathy, you know, and, um, mm-hmm. you know, try to picture what it's like to be somebody else for a change. <laughs> Says the guy from from the wheelchair. <laughs> I love it. You know, you gotta love that. And and I think it is what probably makes you special is that you can um, see past your own, your, you know, your own um, circumstances. And, well, I and I think that, that empathy does come through. It really does yeah. come through with, with your lyrics. Well, thank so, you very much. what comes first, the 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 lyrics, the melody? How does it work um, in your head? It it kind of depends actually on the on each song. I think each, each song has its own history and, and story behind it. And um, I can't really say that I have a you know a specific method of, of writing a song. I mean, it, I could have a, a lyric or melody or both kind of going around my head at the same time. And the only thing I usually do consistently is kind of wait for a while, but before I start playing it on the piano, I usually like to leave it sort of in my head for a while and and you know just kind of play with it there for a bit. And I find that the things that are, you know, worth remembering are usually around for for quite a while. So mm-hmm. um, I don't always write down every sort of passing thought, and I like to kind of let it brew for a little bit. <laughs> so, so like something somebody says, a phrase or something, we'll just go, oh wow, that's really cool. That should be in a song. And yeah, absolutely. Actually, that, that happens quite often, where somebody will just unknowingly say something really profound or just really simple that you know seems to me to be a good sort of concept for a song. That that actually happens a lot. Oh, that's a really good question. Um, how many songs have you written to date? Uh, that's that's a great question. Um, yeah, I, I started Thanks. really getting yeah. <laughs> <the> chat room. <laughs> I, nice one. I started really getting serious about writing. Um, I think when I was about, um, you know, maybe sixteen or seventeen, I started to write songs kind of frequently, and I'm you know twenty seven now. So mm-hmm. um, it's tough to say. I mean, I have so many ideas that aren't necessarily complete. Like I'll have sort of half of a song or. Um, but, you know, definitely probably a couple hundred, I would say, somewhere in there. Wow. <laughs> Tough to say. Wow. A couple yeah. hundred. Something now, like your dad plays guitar, and your mom and your mom sings? Yeah. Is that uh, any other siblings? I have an older brother, mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, he's uh, married with two kids, two beautiful kids, my lovely niece nice. and nephew. Yeah. <laughs> Musical? Uh, my brother, not so much. He sort of got more into the, um, uh, like, the human resource side of my dad's business. So he was more sort uh-huh. of that kind of guy. He's very philosophical in his own way, but, but never really got into the whole ar- artistic thing. 
Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. So uh, you originally started singing when you were a child because your mom was worried about your your breathing having um yeah it was it was kind of a, a twofold thing where i was clearly showing a lot of interest in music but mm-hmm. um at the same time i sort of had these breathing uh this breathing condition happening so i think she figured it'd be a good way to to nurture both and to maybe help and stimulate yeah. both and it was really? a very good yeah. call actually yeah it was um, a good call good good on mom <laughs> yeah she, she had great instincts for me when i was a little kid so i'm really grateful for that actually and Definitely uh, putting me in voice lessons early was was a, was a really good idea. So um, you you do play piano, and I think you play it with, what, seven fingers? Yeah, so. I have I have all uh, ten of my fingers, but I really only have the use of, of seven uh, effectively in terms of playing keyboard. So, yeah, that's how I write. Wow. <laughs> oh, I have to laugh at this one. Okay, um, how about butterflies in stage fright? This is coming from the chat room. How do you? How did you? Did you ever have butterflies in stage fright? I mean, listen, this guy. This guy sing in front of seventeen thousand people. He you doesn't know, have butterflies in stage fright, do you? That would be my <laughs> answer, actually. If I did have any at that point, yeah. um, that was a really good way to alleviate them because everything else, in comparison to that, seemed not quite as uh, daunting. <laughs> well, so I, I have to ask you about the the Red Tomato Hat song because oh, that is nice. just hilarious, and you were so precocious in that. And how old were you in that video? Uh, I, I think I was about fourteen, actually, in that video. <laughs> so thirteen years ago, yeah, it still gets uh, still gets, still gets airplay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So go to YouTube little... and check out the Red Tomato Hat song, guys, because this is it is so funny. It's a yes. great little rap song for him. <laughs> well, we all have Do you remember past. any of the lines? Do you remember any of the lines of it? Uh, I, well, I, th- I remember the chorus is pretty pretty infectious. It's, uh, yeah. it's like, hey, pal, look at that. Everybody loves my tomato hat. That's kind of the only part I remember. But... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, good times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was pretty cool. Thanks. <laughs> that was pretty cool. Well, you know what? Um, a lot of kids got a lot of enjoyment out of that video. I mean, for a couple of years there, when we'd first done it, I'd I would get followed by little kids actually in the mall. They were kind of a little bit mesmerized, and they were they were they kept. I got the question a lot: where the hat is? Like, well, who's got the hat? And, yeah, uh, yeah. Where'd the hat years. come from? Um, you know, I I think from the Toronto Raptor thing, I started to get sort of you know calls asking if I would do certain things, and that opportunity came up. And uh, the, the gentleman actually that wrote the song happened to have an actual tomato hat, or I think it was actually a strawberry strawberry hat. But they tried to pass uh-huh. it off as a tomato hat. But, oh, okay. And, uh, that's yeah, so that's, that's what happened. <laughs> so you you went um, traveling around the world. When was that? In 2000? And what? Um, well, uh, last year we were in um, uh, China and across the States. And then the year before mm-hmm. that, we were in Dubai and the U.K. And um, I'm sure I'm forgetting somewhere. <laughs> and Well, um, you went to South yeah. Africa. So... So what, um, of all the places that you went to, what was your favorite? Um, it, it's kind of tough to say because they all kind of provided um, Have their own different charm. experiences. China was interesting in the sense because it was like the Olympics um, when we went. And uh, okay. it was just a very interesting environment there. I mean, the, it seemed like the whole world was focusing in on this this area. And uh, yeah. it was really, I mean, it couldn't sort of top the atmosphere. And we were there for, for three weeks. So we had a lot of time to... Um, you know, check things out and, you know, get familiar with the people and some of the sites, and it was it was wild. It was really wild. Yeah. yeah. And and people's response to you around the world, how, how how has it been? Like, are people in some areas um, 
more curious, kinder, meaner? What, what do you find in response? Uh, thankfully, I haven't actually experienced the the mean yet. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I oh, heard good. that I heard that in China, you know, there may be some, you know, people that may not sort of be as accepting of it, you know, as mm-hmm. other parts of the globe. But I really didn't get to experience that. There was a lot of curiosity and um, a lot of questions and a lot of thumbs up. And and during shows, it was interesting because I'm I really like lyrics. Like I really love listening to lyrics. Yeah. And songs. And I, I try really hard to sort of put together meaningful lyrics, but. Uh, in a place like China or even Dubai, like you don't, I didn't really have that luxury of connecting with people in that way. So I had to kind of do it through the performance itself, which was a because really of language, you mean? Yeah, exactly, because the language barrier. Okay. So it was a really interesting challenge in that sense, but a lot of fun. You know, it's 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 a new thing, and I think it speaks to the power of music in general when you know somebody from across the globe can yeah. come into your country and and entertain you, and you know. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully inspire and all that kind of stuff. It was well, a, I think a lot music, of fun. You know, just the melodies alone inspire them. You got great melody. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> you know, I think it's uh, like there was a lot of international artists part of the tour, and a lot uh-huh. of them had the same sort of challenge. They had to channel their art form, you know, in a very unique way, and it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, you 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 made a comment. Um, you live your life incorporating the beauty and the imperfections. I think that that was the basis for one of your songs. Was that for Chasing Silver? Yeah, uh, definitely. I mean, Chasing Silver is kind of my the, the declaration of my faith in a lot of ways, uh, which I guess is sort of a moving target for everybody. Um, you know, our, I guess our views change all the time. And um, For me, I just know that, you know, at the end of the day, we're all kind of the same. Like, we all have our mm-hmm. baggage. It just comes in sort of different, different forms. forms. And mine <laughs> yeah. is just everybody's to see. Like, mine, everybody can see. So what I'm dealing with right. and other people, it's not so obvious, but it's it's there. And, um, you know, I think that's kind of my, that that's certainly my outlook in life, and it, it helps me sort of, you know, at least try to understand people and, and um, you know, not not be sort of judgmental and, you know, try to try to embrace what sometimes others may not. So, yeah. Well, I've got um, Chasing Silver here with the African remix, because I mm-hmm. love I just love, you know, having those guys sing on there. What was the name of the band again? It was a really great name. Yeah, All Things Are Possible is the name. All of Things it. Are Possible. Yeah. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. yeah. Okay, we're going to hear this uh, this song, Chasing Silver. Chasing Silver when I know I can't go. Chasing Silver when I know I can't go. I know I can't go. Listen 
I don't know. I still don't quite know sort of how to how to feel about that. You know, it's, it's kind of a sort of surreal kind of feeling. But, but the visual of that that girl and I, I think it was her mom. Well, I don't think it'll leave me anytime soon. Wow. You know, I I I I was hoping to have um, a musical show, and I had thought up a, of a musical program. You know, mm. for for later on in my life to 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 bring to a theater, and and so I. I I put down the domain of um, the language, the language of emotion, because I think mm-hmm. music is the language of emotion. I agree, yeah. I agree. And and so I guess you know it affected her, mm-hmm. in, in, in maybe the right way, mm-hmm. because you know sometimes we hold on to feelings that that need to come out. Maybe your it's music true. did that for her. It's very true, and I, to um, you know, it's, uh, sadly, I mean, I don't get to sort of meet, you know, everybody that that listens, and you know, sometimes I. I wish I could, but to kind of know that, you know, you're putting something out there that you would do anyway if, if nobody was mm-hmm. listening, and to mm-hmm. have sort of people react in that way. Like I said, it's it's kind of a a strange, surreal feeling. It's it's beautiful and it's um, beautifully tragic and it's it's all these things and it's it's but like I said, most importantly, it's it's hopefully meaningful and surreal. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And as far as blanking on stage, I Don Henley in, in an interview said that he often blanks on stage. Oh, really? Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's good. I don't feel so bad so you could, Yeah, you shouldn't feel so bad now. <laughs> he does it all the time. Um, okay, we have a question here. In the interview, you said that you have used Larson syndrome as a tool. How mm-hmm. so? How so? Uh, well, I think um, in the you know the profession and the business I'm in, you know everybody's kind of looking for that thing that makes them you know, stand out, and uh, mm-hmm. the beauty is, I don't really have to try that hard, I mean, it's kind of you know, like there's, yeah. there's not a, there's no amount of computer graphics or, or makeup or special effects that can sort of get rid of, you know, this, this thing, and I think it's, I think it's cool, because it kind of makes people, you know, look our way a little bit, and yeah. then um, it's kind of my job at that point to keep people's attention, but, yeah. uh, but I certainly have something that, you know, will make people at least look over, and, uh, that's uh that's a great thing. So put whatever label you want on that. But <laughs> uh, for me, you know, at the end of the day, if um, people can get something good of something, then you know, there's, there's no sort of there's no harm in that. So I'm, I'm well. I said at the beginning that. of the show, you know, that you specialize in the impossible, and I, and I think it's really important for people who can do that to champion those who are maybe sitting home feeling sorry for themselves. Um, right. You know, I remember. When I was in a rehab hospital after my accident, and um, literally somebody was crying because they broke a fingernail, and I'm like, "Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> you know, police! Like, there's way more, you know, things happening yeah. to people than breaking a finger." But to them, it was like extremely important, and and yeah, you know, relative. I mean, everything there's relative. Yeah, things yeah. are relative, but yeah. um, you yeah. did say that you wouldn't change your situation for anything in the world. Yeah, I mean that. Yeah. I, I I wouldn't. Um, you know, the reality is, I don't know any difference than right. what I know. I mean, I've been in my situation since birth. So anything I've had to do, I, it's just it's just me navigating through life. Like, I don't necessarily see it as adversity, um, per se. It's just what I know. And I think in a twisted way, my situation has brought me a lot of things that, you know, I would sort of hope for in life. So, I, you know, how can I be too down on it? And, um, yeah. you know, I think there's this kind of goal with a lot of people to, to fit in or be normal and, uh, you know, I don't know. Like, it, what's normal? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. well, what is normal? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, who knows? Maybe someday there'll be a plethora of you know disabled singers out there in the market and 
doing their thing. I mean, that'll be normal at some point, maybe, you know. Uh, so it's it's like yeah, it's like you said, it's just kind of all relative, and and uh, yeah, it's, it's it's brought me a lot of great things. I have a friend who who I've, I've dubbed him the autism whisperer, and and he works. Um, he he he. he also has Asperger's, but he's written just so many books on on autism and God and the autism connection and and yes. things like that. And, and he says that you know these children are are here um, to help us find love yes. because the, the two things that they say are are always you know never presume um, intelligence and I love you. Yes. And and you have a very romantic view of life because you said that love is one of the few things in life that has no boundaries and that you try to love everyone that you come in contact with, find what's good and cool in them. Yeah. Like that is such a great thing to say. <laughs> you know, it's, um, I think, you know, as humans we only know what we know based on our situations, our upbringing and how our life's unfolded. And sometimes it's hard, you know, to put ourselves in, in somebody else's shoes. But it's sometimes, in my opinion, the effort of, at least trying, and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, having compassion and empathy first rather than sort of judgment and, mm-hmm. you know, knowing that, you know, the world doesn't revolve uh, on our understanding, basically, our own understanding. You know, life mm-hmm. is kind of a, it's a bigger thing, and there's, you know, so many people in this world that have had, you know, so many unique journeys, and who are we to, you know, <laughs> A, criticize, or B, even think we can yeah. understand, you know? So, uh, I, well, I, I kind of think that that our bodies are just our cars that we get to drive around in while we're here, because it's really not who we are. Our I, I, I agree, actually. Totally I totally different. agree. There's so many variables yeah. that make up our stories. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I'm really glad to see that. Um, you know, <laughs> some of the stuff doesn't bother you. You know, there was some pretty derogatory comments from one person on YouTube um, towards you. Do you read those things? Do you ignore them? You have a whole bunch of people. Um, who who you know fight that battle for you? So I don't think you have to do it yourself. But yeah. does, does that hurt you? Do those things um, get you? Or I think the people around me probably read more of that stuff than I actually do personally. Um, yeah. I remember when I was when first were, things were first starting to um, to kind of roll, and you know, I was getting a little bit more attention than I had been. And I sort of first saw one of those kind of comments. It, it definitely took me back. Like I can't sort of pretend that you know I'm Superman and I just deflect everything and nothing sort of mm-hmm. bothers me. You know, I don't want to sort of project that at all. And it, certainly at first, um, I, it just caught me off guard and I didn't really know sort of how to feel about it. But, you know, in time, um, again, as things sort of progressed, I mean, I came to I came to the conclusion that the people that write these things, I, it's nothing personal to me. Like, they don't necessarily right. know me personally. And uh, anything they yeah. say, again, it's just sort of, a, it represents where they've come from in life and their journey and for whatever reason, they're, I don't want to say hurting, but they're going through. They are hurting. Hurt. Yeah, I, I think they, they are, are hurting. And, you know, yeah, they yeah. are. And uh, that's the kind of things they feel the need to say, and it's it's nothing I've yeah. done to them or, or said to them. And I, I remind myself of that and and, this, and in return try to have, you know, compassion, understanding, and, and, um, and you know, also don't forget to reflect on all the wonderful things. Yeah. Um, Well, I think every artist is, you know, is going to be challenged by somebody's going to put you down for your song, for the way you sing, for the way you do this or do that. And and and, you know, as an artist, you know, you write this stuff. You write the music. You write the lyrics. You want you want to protect. That's your baby. You've given birth to. So you have to feel a little something. But when they attack you personally, like that's something different. Like that's just that's just pure mean and silliness. You know what? Um, Actually, I I would find the personal stuff. I think easier. 
to deal with because I said like there there is kind of a disconnect. I don't actually they would no, they don't but, know much about my my sort of world and you yeah <laughs> they never met me. So I, I I think if I'm being honest, I would actually find the stuff about probably the music. I'd, I'd take that more to heart for for whatever reason. That's that's just insecurity. Like <laughs> well, that's your child, you know. <laughs> exactly. That's your child. Like, yeah, you know, I'm more protective of that for whatever reason. It's, it's yeah, silly, but it's just the human condition, I guess. We have a question. What kind of problems um, have you encountered in the music business be- because of your handicap, besides the obvious? So besides the obvious, you know, maybe getting your wheelchair somewhere or, you know, are there any other problems? I know that, that Aubrey, in, in the interview, you know, he, they were talking about how they'd heard your music and, they, and he couldn't find out who you were and what you looked like. And then, you know, yeah. there was that that odd 45 seconds when they first kind of met you that they go, oh, my gosh. And then it was like, oh, we don't care. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, for most people, sometimes that 45 seconds is, um, a long, you know, is a long time. Yeah. It yeah. takes them a while to get to get over the fact that, you know, I'm I'm a little different. And there's definitely, there's definitely uh, you know, at times a lot more thought that needs to go into things, you know, as it revolves around my career and stuff. And a lot of times it's great because you're sort of breaking the ground and a lot of times, you know, there's there's kind of a wall there, and you, you sort of have to figure out a way to get around it or, or climb above it. But, you know, I'm, things are starting to get at the point now where, you know, uh, people are coming around, and, and, you know, there's so much more acceptance that, you know, than I guess there has been. And uh, it's a cool thing because I think they just sort of persevere and just kind of do what you do, and you have enough sort of good people believing in it. Um, things can kind of happen. And, uh, you know, there's challenges every day, but there's also, like, those things I was talking about earlier, we're getting also a lot of attention that I probably wouldn't have got otherwise. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's kind of it's kind of a wash in my in my view, you know. Well, everybody has to work with what they're given, you know, to make yeah. them unique. And, and totally. so you've got you've got this. What? Um, uh, geez, that just went out of my head, and I was gonna. Oh, your lyrics! I, w- I was looking for your lyrics mm-hmm. online because I mean you you really are poetic. Um, are they anywhere? I, I think that you can get them maybe. Um, you, you you have a charity. Can you get them if you buy? Um, well, we we did this uh, campaign with with Variety actually last year, where um, if you made I think X, I can't remember the, the dollar amount, but if you made a dollar amount to, to the charity, you received like this. Yeah, it was 20, like you're, you got it. You got received this like this this full PDF package thing, which contained like videos and lyrics and um, all, all kinds of really cool things and. So that was kind of um, that was kind of our way of um, you know getting the, getting the stuff out there, and otherwise we rely on on you know people to start posting lyrics. They're in the they're in the CD booklets and they're available on things like iTunes, and then from there you know, we we sort of like the the whole viral thing and the word of mouth mm-hmm. to, to kind of spread. Okay, mm-hmm. okay, because um, I, I bought your CD today offline or mm-hmm. online. The, mm-hmm. I guess it was a download CD. Mm-hmm. I didn't get any lyrics for that, but. Um, I would like I would like to get them, even though I can you can kind of hear them, but it's hard. I'm going to play my favorite song. Okay, Ooh, I'm going to that. play my favorite song <laughs> right now, and I'm going to surprise all of you, and then I'm going to ask the the rest of the questions that are in the chat room. Hold on, Sounds here we good. go. It's called Courage, Come Out to Play. <laughs>
talk tonight When we touched the starlight and went out If I know the feeling's right Then I found my place to go Gonna face the dark tonight Gonna tell them I am on the right Love no longer out of sight Silver linings in mind Don't you come out to play, don't you come out to play I'm living it down again I'ma bring it back someday Say, courage Won't you come out to play, don't you come out to play I'm living it down again I'm gonna need to call your friends Oh, here's the hope and I find you significant um about to happen something that you wanted to to do or you know there was so much change going around in my world that time i wrote that song about um maybe a year year and a half ago and uh uh, there was just so much going on in the world personal changes and business changes and uh you know just kind of felt like everything was shifting on me and i just kind of wanted the the grace and the courage to to kind of go for it and then you know just was feeling uh just trying to reclaim that feeling of you know being empowered, and, and that was uh, that was kind of the mindset I was I was in when I was writing that one. <laughs> kind of different wow. from actually. Wow, that's a beautiful song. It really oh, thank is. You. Thank um, you. Thank you. The favorite song from in the it, from DK Guitar Man in the chat room here is April on the Ground, and oh, I didn't cool. upload that one. Sorry, <laughs> I can't play <laughs> that for you guys. You're gonna have to buy that CD. 
<laughs> if you want to hear that song. But I, I, I did uh I did upload another one that we can play near the end. Um yeah. So the question another question here is what are your musical goals now? Um you know, I think um early on in my career, um I I think I sort of had more clear goals and things mm-hmm. I wanted to accomplish, like I sort of you know, was maybe I guess deep down hoping to get a record deal and do that whole thing and the kind mm-hmm. of, you know, dream that everybody sort of goes for. But as time's gone by I think, you know, I just kind of want to keep going. I try not to, um, to be honest, to set my my sights too, too far in the distance. I really want to appreciate what's kind of going on right now and, and be thankful for this, you know, this pretty cool career that, you know, I have and, and you know, my family and people I love. And it's, um just want to appreciate that. So to, to keep going would actually be just a beautiful thing. I think longevity is kind of a lost art nowadays, so. It's 20 years, you know. I'm still doing interviews and still playing and still writing and making records. I'd be be more than happy. Yeah. Who are your heroes? I have a, a lot of different heroes for a lot of different reasons. Um, musically is the easiest question to answer. I love singer-songwriters from you know the 60s and 70s, guys mm-hmm. like James Taylor and Jim Croce and you know Carole King and all these great writers that were telling great stories. That one is yeah. easy. Uh, in terms of life. Um, I'm meeting people all the time that, um, in their own way, have just, uh, they're just doing wonderful things, and, you know, some people may not see it on sort of a big scale, um, but to me, like, just sort of stepping into, um, you know, the things you sort of fear the most, and, and I just meet people like that all the time, or they write me or whatever, and, um, I don't know, like, that. those are my heroes, <laughs> and, you know, my, for instance, my, uh, my mom is my hero because she's, she was oh. so awesome that, you know, um, having the instincts and the love and the compassion to, to to raise me to do what I love to do. I mean, that's, and my dad for being that sort of support system and being a real grounding sort of wise presence and, you know, I don't know. I, it's just so many different people for so many different reasons. And, it really know. sounds <laughs> like your parents were awesome. And it, I think it really does, yeah. you know, environment makes a huge difference in how people um, you know, view the world, and and I I you know just am so grateful to my father for telling me that anything was possible. I could do anything and be anything I wanted to be yeah. in, in life. And and I think when you come from that kind of a background um, and you believe it, mm-hmm. then it's going to happen for you. And Absolutely. your parents didn't limit you at all. Not at all. Not at all. Um, they were quite content uh, for me to you know sacrifice everything for music and. And if that's what I wanted, they were more than happy to to see that through for me. And not only that, but just you know the amount of just resources they poured into it, and all different kinds of resources, financially, yeah. emotionally, uh, just it never ended. And I just felt completely supported in my journey. And that's a rare thing. So for people to to sort of look at me and perhaps you know feel maybe a sense of of pity or whatever, um, you know, it's it's hard for me to necessarily accept that because my journey has just been. It's been pretty awesome, not without its challenges, but but I've just had the sports system to to get through them, so it's a great thing. How much older is your older brother? Uh, he is like four and a half years older than me, actually. So, okay. Yeah. Did he Did he ever feel left out? Did you he... know, it's a good question. I, I started um, when I was in grade eight. Actually, I, I all of a sudden started having like these thoughts about my brother. Like, wow, like. Here I am. <laughs> I'm in a chair, so that that's uh mm-hmm. that's gonna get me, you know, a certain amount of attention like we attention like we've talked about. 
there's all that, and plus I'm doing this music thing, which, you know, is even more attention, and, you know, he he's always just been a, a regular, stable, kind of normal kid, and I always wondered, mm-hmm. like, how that would have affected him, and, you know, we fought like any other siblings did, nothing more, mm-hmm. nothing less than the other siblings, but, you know, I, I never really felt that energy from her, I never really felt like, um, you know, we, we had those kind of issues as a kid, and certainly not now, I mean, he's He's probably right. one of my, you know, biggest supporters, and so, you know, I, I guess you'd sort of have to ask him. I mean, I, he's uh, he certainly never, you know, projected that on me, and has never had those kind of, um, you know, comments or feelings towards me. And, right. Well, so, oftentimes, you know, caregivers or, or siblings, um, and not to harp on this, but you know, you probably had lots of medical appointments and things that you had to go to, and and so your parents, it was always Justin, 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 mm-hmm. and you know, I don't know your brother's name, and and so maybe he had a hockey game or he had whatever, and maybe they couldn't always come because they had to look after. I have a sister yeah. like that, so you know, it, yeah. it was just, uh, yeah, I just wondered. It worked out. My dad poured a lot of, you know, time and energy. My brother, you know, my brother was mm-hmm. a an avid golfer as a kid, and he certainly had his interests. And I think, you know, my dad kind of, you know, picked up some of the some of the slack there, you know, where my mom was pretty pretty focused on me a lot of the time and, you know, we were going through there. So, I, you know, I think at the end of the day, for the most part, things kind of kind of balanced out, you know. Well, that's good. Yeah. Um, great question here. Okay. If you were not musically talented, what else would you be doing with your life? Oh, man, that's such a good question. I get, get asked that a lot. It, that is a tough oh, do you one, really? Man. Wow, that's a yeah, great question. Yeah, what is, it's kind of funny because I actually genuinely, truly don't remember doing anything else. Even mm-hmm. as a little kid, I was just obsessed with, with you know, little 45 records and, and mm-hmm. the radio. And, and I just I just don't remember sort of consciously being interested in anything else. I had sort of passing interests. Like I liked sports for a while as a kid. And, and um, I, I think I remember going through like a, a year or two period where journalism sounded interesting. But it never mm-hmm. lasted and never really sort of, um, just never really stuck. I just music was always the thing, and uh, so it's a good question. I mean, I think I think I really in, I'm starting to you know get into speaking a little bit, like public speaking at mm-hmm. certain things where I'm not you know necessarily performing, and that's been a lot of fun trying to you know sort of like like that motivational, something. inspirational speaking, that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah. I'm not really like the most polished uh, speaker in the world, but thankfully people just kind of let me. You know, do my thing, and I think you're doing a great job. I'm working on it. <laughs> yeah, you. I'm working on it though. Yeah. So you know, that's that's kind of something I could maybe see myself. What about writing? Yeah. Have you thought about writing a book? Uh, yeah. You know, it, the ideas come up. I just, at this point in my life, I still sort of have a lot of music to yeah. kind of get out in terms of my creative time. That that gets most of it, and then when I'm not sort of creating, I'm out. You know doing awesome things like this and talking to people and you know it and I also sort of cherish the time I have you know to myself and my wife and my family and that's kind of important right. to me as well so I, I try to um just try to keep everything sort of in balance and uh you know when the time is right and maybe enough of my story has been told maybe uh you know maybe a book would be in order but we'll see <laughs> wow hmm. you know you, you said that that um you talk about that we all have a purpose Mm-hmm. And obviously yours is to to sing. <laughs> when when you go when if, if you were to go out and and, and inspire people because you know I said this exact same thing in my book as you talk about that we're only here for such a short time that yeah. we have to be happy we have to do what we want to do. So yeah. what is what is your um, would you call yourself spiritual? Does it play a big part in your life? 
Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of life is about sort of blind faith in a lot of ways. <laughs> I mean, we, you know, I, I say we all have a purpose, and I really truly believe we do, but we may not always sort of have the luxury of discovering what the heck it is. You know, I mm-hmm. think it's sometimes it's some things we don't know that we're doing that you know affects people, and um, and I think you know if you can sort of have faith in that and trust that, it can be very comforting um, and know that you know probably most things are happening for a greater reason that's beyond our understanding. Um that that's kind of my outlook and that's that's very comforting because it, you know, you don't uh, yeah. feel bad for as many things or you don't uh you don't sort of sweat too many of the little details that kind of weigh us down and you know, it's still, you know, something I'm trying to learn actually and uh, so that's kind of my, you know, my my outlook. I start from there and work my way out. How did you meet your wife? Uh, well, I met my wife actually through music. She actually uh, saw one of my uh, my videos, and we conversed for quite a while, um, just sort of you know casual chatting and talking on phone, and then uh, you know before that an email. And she decided to sort of come across the country to meet me, and the rest is kind of history. Wow! <laughs> yeah. What song did you write for her? Um, I think the influence of my wife will be sort of noticed more on the next record. Um, okay. I think the last few records, uh, a lot of the songs were pretty much written before sort of my journey with her kind of evolved. So um, I think the next record will do way more for influence. <laughs> On um, Troubadour, I think you said that, that you kind of wrote that with your father in mind. And, and I read somewhere that people thought that that was kind of your story. How, what do you uh, think? Yeah, you know what? Um, it's kind of all those things. Um we were uh, strolling down Toronto, uh, the streets of Toronto one day, and I glanced over um, sort of across the street, across the intersection, and there was a gentleman who was playing the guitar on the corner. He was busking, I, I, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't see, like, a guitar case or a hat or anything like that. I just saw him playing his music, and I guess in my head I sort of built this story of, you know, where he's been, and, and uh, he looked like an older sort of gentleman, looked like he'd seen a lot in his lifetime, but... He was just completely lost um, in his music. And, you know, I remember my dad telling me lots of stories like that about people he'd met and even himself. And he's really into that style of finger-picking that's on that song. And so I kind of combined um, you know, those two elements with my dad's inspiration as well as, you know, seeing this gentleman across the street. It just seemed like, a, you know, uh, an appropriate thing to do. And, uh, you know, it just occurred to me that, wow, like music can really just take people away, you know. Yeah. Does he play? Does your dad play on your on your CDs? He doesn't. We've done a couple of things together in public. He's never played on uh, one of my records. We did one song together, one recording, but we never uh, we never put on an album or, or anything. He's uh, he's more of a, um, a he's a quiet musician. Like he he likes playing for himself and some family and friends, mm-hmm. but he never really got out there. I think he was always content just sort of playing for his own enjoyment, which I think is amazing. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. great to you know be in the business and you know achieving all those things. But at the same time, I think it's really cool when people just simply play for their own enjoyment, and they really sort of don't yeah. have those desires. To, I think that's really cool, and it's one thing I've always loved about my dad. He just he can get lost in it, and he's really, really great. Like he's unbelievable, um, you know, folk guitarist. So I, I always found him very inspiring in that sense. I'm gonna play a little bit of Troubadour here. Let, let's <laughs> see how it goes. <laughs> I'm not here for 
financial gain. Cause music sounds sweetest to me. Went from the heart and played for free. This old curb it ain't so bad. And this guitar's the best friend I ever had. And I tried to sing it true. Would you lend an ear if I sang to you? Oh, if I sang to you. What I've seen and where I've been is written in the lines upon my skin. And people stare. Then they go And what they think of me I think I know This is so curb It ain't so bad And this guitar's The best friend I ever had And I try to sing the truth So would you lend an ear If I sang to you Oh, if I sang comment in the chat room was that um you're the, that they love the lyrics and you're a really great talent and you are a really great talent Thank you. and i said at the beginning that there's so many hits on this cd and and there are so many hits. On, i mean every song is fantastic every song is great That's very sweet thank you. <laughs> well and i and i'm not you know I, i'm not saying that to flatter you i really not i'm i'm saying that because i mean it and thank and you. coming from you know from the musician in me, <laughs> I'm telling you that. <laughs> oh, that. Um, we're going to see you live at Hughes Room next week, and we're really excited to do that. Oh, great. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, so that's we're really going to cool. come down and, and meet you there. Um, and, and I'm so looking forward to doing that. We both are. The You want to see Justin Hines, go to www.justinhines.com. That's his website, or MySpace slash Justin Hines. Um, you can find him there. Where else can we find you? Uh, well, I'm playing across uh, Canada in the fall and, and hopefully in the States as well in the new year. and um, You know, just uh, keeping it going. <laughs> Is there um, anybody that you want to play with? I mean, now that, now that uh, you know, Cat Stevens, a.k.a. Yousef, has come out and mm, playing yeah. again or, or um, yeah, James yeah, Taylor. I mean, certainly James Taylor, I think, would be up there for me. I think he's the guy that, um, I don't know, I just always sort of dreamed of... Uh, playing music with someday and then certainly Cat Stevens as well. Um yeah. two of my biggest influences and they're still going and still making great Have music. Have you reached so out I've... to him at all? What's that, sorry? Have you ever reached out to him? Um, not not yet, you know. <laughs> I think maybe when the time is right, you know, we will but um yeah, I'm you know, I'm hoping our our, our paths will, will cross one day. I mean he's just one of those uh, I don't know, all those guys they just they just wrote great music and just told great stories. So to be sort of a part of that someday would be awesome. 
Yeah, no kidding. Do you play with a, um, the same musicians? Do you have the is there a Justin Hines band or do you have studio musicians play with you? Yeah, it's the the same band that played on my record plays with me live as well. So mm-hmm. we're uh, we're like a little family now. <laughs> We've been playing together yeah. for a few years and it's been it's been a lot of fun and uh, you know different configurations depending on the the show and the gig. But uh, yeah, we're we're all the same. Wow. Yeah. And how, how many guys are in that band? Uh, there are five plus me, actually, at, 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 at our at our biggest uh, at our biggest configuration. You have the big band and the small band. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah pretty much uh, my guitarist, who also produced um, both my albums, Justin Abbott, and he uh, he's he's there on every show. <laughs> right. He's like he's like my hands, you know, because if I I don't play guitar, but if I did, I'd, I'd sort of want to be able to play like him. He's like my one of my guitar gurus. So <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. When's your next CD coming out? I mean, I know that you know we're just a month out of this one, but when yeah, are you, you planning? Yeah, you know, it's funny to mention that we just started talking about doing another one today. Funny enough, um, we have a Christmas album coming out this year, and I think uh, next summer we're we're targeting another another um, another album. So another release. That would be awesome, yeah. So hopefully, you know, late 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 August or something like that. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, Justin, you know. I just I I can only wish you the very best, and and I and it looks like the very best is coming to you anyway. You know, if you expect it, you get it, and you're you know you have this wonderful positive outlook in life, and um, you know you say that you're blessed, and and I think you are. <laughs> you know, I think you are, well, and that's you. a good thing, and you deserve it, and you well, deserve it because I think you know when people what they give out does you know it goes around comes around. And, well, to um, you as well. I mean, congrats on the amazing uh, energy you're putting out there. And, you know, keep it positive as well. I really appreciate and admire that as well. So, that's well, awesome. thank you so much. And like I said, I'm going to be looking forward to seeing you live next week. And he will be at Hughes Room if you are in Toronto or want to make the drive to Toronto. And, um, yeah. You know, why not pick up some tickets and come down and see Justin and tell him that you know you heard him on the show. Yeah, <laughs> and you liked it. what you heard. Why yeah. not? Awesome. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming, and, and especially on such so, so short notice, it was really wonderful to have you here. Um, My pleasure. Like I said, I'm really excited to to hear you. And you've got such a great record company and people behind you. I just want to mention oh, yeah. that Aubrey was was wonderful, and um, the name of the company is, is Orange Records. Yeah, the, the Orange the uh, Lounge Recording Company. Yeah. Orange yeah, and Lounge Aubrey, Recording. Is, I gotta say, he's. You know, uh, if every artist had somebody like him representing them, they would be uh, they'd be really well. Off. He's he's just. He's another one of my heroes. Actually, let's add him to the list. Okay. <laughs> he's just been uh, <laughs> he's just been so good at just guiding my career and, and doing things in a really meaningful and up and up way. And I'm just I'm I'm proud to be with the music family I'm with. So it's pretty awesome. I, I I said to Justin at the beginning of the show that he's one of the few Canadians that I've interviewed, um, and and I'm really proud to be able to do that and to say that tonight that you know this Canadian was able to to um, Recognize another one. So good right. on you, good on me, and have yourself a wonderful evening. You too. And we'll Thanks see you next everybody. week. All right. Thank, thank you. you. Take care. Bye bye. Bye.